Hey guys, we are back with another engaging episode of Relational Leadership, where we provide you with invaluable insights and lessons to help you become the kind of leader that people truly want to follow. Join us every week as we unravel the secrets of effective leadership and empower you with the skills necessary to make a lasting impact on your team and organization. Hi, I am Stephanie Clements. And I am Sean Dolly. And today we're going to be talking about what happens to you both personally, functionally, and I think importantly, emotionally, when suddenly you're let go. Yeah. You know, I think gone are the days where you went to the factory and clocked in for 40 years and retired with that proverbial gold watch. A lot of us now will probably jump to multiple jobs throughout our careers Sometimes of our own volition, sometimes it's when we have uh, somebody call us in and say, okay, I've got some tough news to share with you. Right. They're holding that pink slip. That's right. That's right. So (laughs) I'm going to let Stephanie kick us off here and we're going to engage in that discussion and uh, hopefully we have something today that resonates with you and maybe even uh, can help you when that not if but when scenario unfolds for you. Absolutely. I think a lot of this happens in corporate America now, Um, you know, as things become more efficient and we have more, and I, you know, could possibly increase with the um, presence of AI. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, so you may find yourself in this through no fault of your own, or, you know, maybe you've got problems within the sure. organization that. Yeah, that's right. Um, small businesses can sometimes close. You find yourself without. But there are a lot of reasons that you may find yourself um, without a job and have to start looking. Even though unemployment is at its lowest, uh, that doesn't mean that there aren't people who are underemployed or Mm -hmm. are in a spot to be looking again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I personally have experienced this very recently, and so I can give testimony as to the effects and some of what to do when you're going through it. Yeah. And you make a good point. Uh, You know, once upon a time when people were going to that factory that I uh, fictitiously built earlier in the conversation, they suddenly look over on Monday and there's some people there that they didn't recognize putting together a machine that didn't look familiar. And then they eventually find out it's some sort of automated robot. And suddenly their hands-on assembly line job is being automated through robotics. Right. And we've we've now lived through that for decades, right? Well, now I think that the most logical parallel is going to be, like you mentioned, artificial intelligence will be coming for some of the so-called knowledge jobs. Right. Robotics were able to displace people who got paid for what they did. AI will begin to displace people who get paid for what they know. And that is going to be, I think, a major disruptive shock to the so-called white-collar workforce. That, that That is, it is inevitable. Yeah. It is inevitable. So, again, whether it's through, you know, powers that were beyond your control or whether it's something that you did specifically, um, it can happen to anyone. So, my first point of advice is... No matter what your position, be working like you're interviewing for the next job. Mm, Yeah. You know, being visible, 
going above and beyond will help you when it comes time to be looking for the next job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if that comes about, and if not, you can just be a great employee for the the people you're with. Yeah. Now that so. that's that great advice because you know when we take on a new role. We are probably feeling a tad overwhelmed, uh, drinking from the fire hose, as they say, to you know, learn that job, develop the skills to do that job. But even once we perfect our ability to do that job, somewhere on the other side of the planet is a smart person or a team of smart people working 80-hour work weeks trying to figure out how to make your job unnecessary. Yeah. And so one of the toughest things to do as professionals is when we get comfortable, like, oh, wow, I've, I've got this job on lockdown. I yeah. can do this job in my sleep. Um, okay, well, then what are you doing with that excess intellectual right. capacity to develop new skills or greatly improve the skills you have? Because at some point in your working lifetime, that job is probably going away. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so having people notice that you do the things you do um, will help you definitely in the job search. It will help you with recommendations. So if your boss knows that you've gone above and beyond and you are having to be let go, whether, like I said, maybe it's financial economy reasons or whatever, because you've been working so hard they would be able to and be glad to give you a recommendation and may even already know some people Mm -hmm. that they could refer you to to work yeah yeah and so you know again whether you end up staying in that job or you have to look when you go above and beyond in your own job and become a leader there and that doesn't matter what your position is um you can be a leader on the floor of a factory to being in a C-level position. So Yeah. And, you know, unless you're working for a psychopath, you know, that Hollywood rendition of the corporate boss who sits around almost salivating over the idea of, of laying people off and firing people, in my experience, that's not how most people actually no. approach it. Mo- no. Most people don't really enjoy letting people go. So if on balance, you're a good person working for a good person, if the, if the realities are such that it just, your position is no longer justified, whether it's for those macro level, right. you know, economic, you know, considerations, or maybe it's a little more targeted. Uh, if you have done your part to establish a good interpersonal relationship with the people you work with and the person for whom you work, well, that's going to probably be the biggest asset as you venture out to find that next chapter. Right. If you're great at what you do, but you've just got a, a horrible <laughs> personality and disposition, um, that's the instance they probably are like, oh, give me a reason. Give me yeah. a reason to finally let you go. And then they're not going to be much of an advocate helping right. you get started in that next chapter. So next, what I would tell you to do, um, first off, no matter what, give yourself time to feel and absorb what you have to. Uh, take a take a day, take two days, take a week, and, you know, it can be a blow to your ego. Sure. Um, self-confidence, things like that. Take some time mm-hmm. to uh, just kind of absorb what happened and where you are. But then also, if it was with cause, take time to reflect and figure out what you did, yeah. what you could do better. Uh, you may even reach out to coworkers and say, you know, what are some things that you think I could have done mm-hmm. differently? 
that would help me in my next venture. It, it, not that you're trying to get your job back, but that you don't want it to cause problems in the next one. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I impart to people is that usually problems are not 100-0. It's not typically 100% the other party's problem and right. 0% case. So, but in, in many cases, it, it's not exactly 50-50. And so I appreciate what you're saying, Stephanie, is that even in the heat of the immediacy of being let go, if you can objectively assess, all right, this was probably 75% things outside my control, take full ownership of the 25%. Right. Because that's where the growth is going to come. And, and I'll, I'll quickly say that, that that's easier said than done, especially, as you mentioned, trying to absorb the emotions of all of that. But what I would tell people is that similar to being in the gym, if you put weights on there and you can do 10 reps of it really easily, there's no growth there. The growth right. is only happening when you're really struggling. So as painful as it is in the moment, as you struggle through and try to figure out, okay, well, even if it was a minority fraction, what portion of this was something that I can really think about, reflect upon, work on to make myself better going forward? That's right. So the other intimidating part can be, have you updated your resume? And, you know, with AI and what are, you know, loading your resume into one of the many job site portals, you know, they look for certain keywords. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that can be really intimidating. So even if you have a great resume, it may or may not have the right keywords and things like yeah. that. So this yeah. is where you may want to actually consult a professional resume writer because they get to know what keywords are needed. So, you know, your soft skills as well as your hard skills mm -hmm. need to be in there. Um, and it can be difficult. Maybe you have morphed. I mean, for myself, I had morphed into something and into a position that had nothing to do with my degree. Mm. And yeah. so, you know, I had a degree in dental hygiene, but I haven't done dental hygiene in 20 years. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. that degree doesn't play to a marketing, to a sales role, to a, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, so it was like, okay, so I need to make sure that I have keywords in yeah, there yeah. that really expose what I do and my abilities. So if you have that, a lot of times it can be a lot easier to sit down with a professional resume writer and have them get that ready. Yes. And a, one way to look at it is I can go to Home Depot and I can acquire and accumulate two truckloads of material. It doesn't mean that I'm the best one to assemble it and turn it into a gazebo. You've done the hard work, the life you've led to this moment. You've attained those credentials, yeah. those experiences. Don't neglect the value of having a professional help you assemble all of that in a way that's yeah. going to resonate with the person reading it because it's easy for us to fall in love with the things we've done, the titles we've held, the credentials we've accumulated. But having hired a whole bunch of people... I'll pick up a resume. You've got about 10 seconds. Right. To grab and I've, attention. And I, boy, I, I have seen people that really were superstars, that they, they were A-plus caliber employees, 
that were running around town with a C minus level resume. Yeah. It was four pages long. It listed all of their tasks they had done. It didn't really convert that into the abilities for which I was hiring. Right. So I, Stephanie, I could not agree with you more. Uh, as cheap as I am, that's one of the few times I will get off my wallet <laughs> is to have, okay, this is what you do for a living. Help me convert this into something that is going to make sense and resonate with the person that it needs to resonate with, which right. is the person considering you for that job. So the next thing, and again, these are all things that I have have done for myself also, um, stay visible. So whether you continue, you know, posting things on LinkedIn that are um, valid to your career, um, going to networking functions, getting out around the people that you want, that what you want to consider hiring you or that may know people that mm-hmm. have positions open. Uh, do not sit at home and wait for it to just come to you. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, you you may be the Rolling Stones, but as far as the world is concerned, you're just another crappy garage band, and you're going to have to play as many dive bars as you possibly can right. get in front of because you never know. Uh, it, it might be that next thing you do that next post you make, that next networking event you attend, that could be what opens the door. Instead, it opens the door that's even bigger and better right. than what you had just left. So I, I already do a lot of networking, but I think it's so important. And I have people come that say, oh, I would come, but I'm not working now, so I'm not after. And I'm like, you're absolutely the person who yeah. should be there because – Many times, um, and I've experienced this myself, helping other people who show up and they say, well, I'm actually looking for a job. And I ask what they do. And they said, and somebody right before, just 10 minutes before that had said, you know, I'm looking to hire somebody. And I'm like, let me bring you over here and introduce you. So Mm -hmm. it can really make a difference just being there. And again, they would make that introduction. Yeah. Had they not come out when they were looking. So it's it's important to stay visible as much as possible. And getting out into industry type of meetings, if, you know, if you work for Ford and, you know, you've been going to any of the auto association meetings, going to places that um, other people would know mm-hmm. of those, you know, Maybe it's the body shop, you mm-hmm. know, association or things yeah. like that. But getting out around people um, because you don't know who you'll run into there where your resume may or may not make it to their desk. And you never know who you might bump into who says, I have often thought about approaching you yeah. for work, but I just assumed that you were forever locked down with company XYZ Incorporated. Right. You're, you're telling me that you are now – on the job market and available. I mean, so again, I'm not trying to minimize the actual micro trauma that may be associated with your boss calling you in and saying, okay, it, it, it's not you, it's me, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> however, again, uh, in a country of 340 million people with 160 million jobs of which 12 million are currently vacant and are looking for people, the statistical probability that you are currently in the single best fit for you 
it, it it's low enough to know that there may be some other options out there. Sure. And so even if it cut, catches you off guard and it wasn't the way you would have scripted it out, if suddenly you are open, I think there are some things to be optimistic about. But again, I don't want to jump over what you mentioned earlier. And I'd like to hear more about you about the, the shock, you know, to the system, yeah. because we've all experienced it to some degree. Well, you know, I know for me, um, it was a shock and I have been very visible you know, with my company and so um, with the former company. And so that was something that I honestly never expected to be in, in this position. But having stayed visible, I was also lucky enough, you know, because I was so visible with the other company to have some people go, what, you're available? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, have some opportunities come some within my industry, some that weren't in my industry, but that people were like, we want somebody like you. I had some even say, we'll, we'll make the role if you'll sure. come. So, yeah. you know, that, that was a really nice thing. But, you know, I, I feel like I have had to go through the stages of grief. Because, right, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not, I, I don't mean to laugh, but I mean, that's, that's a hundred percent exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I was extremely hurt in the first part. I was then very angry. (laughs) Sure. So, you know, go back to me. I can say that after years of therapy. I was very angry. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, you know, I've had, and then it was, you know, going through some acceptance and, and then, you know, moving forward, but absolutely because it was a job that I loved and you know you feel like you lose friends and um people that you love and uh it it is it's a blow to your self-esteem and your self-confidence well and so when you talk about the stages of grief um you know if we google that there's probably different lists but I think a common one is that like initial like shock Mm -hmm. followed by anger followed by denial, followed by despair, and then eventually acceptance. And I'm not going to mention his name, but in a previous life, when I was in a leadership position on a deployment overseas, um, one of my pilots came back in after he had, he thought he was done for the day. He's putting away all of his gear, hanging up his night vision goggles, doing his intel debrief. And another sortie comes down from higher headquarters. And I look at the board and like, he's really the only one that I can fit in to do this one specific sortie right now so I go back and I say again not gonna mention name you guys got to do it you got you got to turn around (laughs) undo everything you just did go back out there what what that's ridiculous there's no way there's no way that's happening right now it just seems like no matter what we do it's just never enough but you know what if if that's our job we'll go do it and I'm like oh my gosh one two you just went through all five stages of grief (laughs) like in in (laughs) one breath like how so some people will quickly cycle right. through and other people may take longer. And so what I would encourage you is to give yourself permission. If one day later from getting the news, you say, okay, by Friday, I will be completely emotionally healed from this. And, I, and then when you're not, it, you know, you can really start to put extra pressure on yourself. Right. Some people quickly recover. Some people, and again, it depends on the circumstances. Sure. It may take more time. You take that time, but, but, don't take an infinite amount of time. Right. You know, I'm one that I've always kind of given myself time. You know, when something happens and it rattles me, if I need to take a day, you know, 
and this can be, you know, you can be fully employed and need a day. You know, sometimes a sick day is a, a mental oh, yeah. health sure. day. You know, sure. cry, do whatever. But after that day, it's time to get up, you know. Yeah. Pull yeah. up your pants, get out there, and, and take care of things. It doesn't mean you don't still feel things, but, you know, you don't just sit and wallow in it. Yeah, and I... I can think of some times where I was in situations like that and I thought, well, I'm going to wait until I am psychologically ready to take the steps. And what I learned is that while difficult, sometimes you got to take some steps to help you get psychologically ready. Sometimes right. you say, okay, look, I do not feel like doing this, but I am going to do steps one, two, and three. And then you begin to build a little bit of momentum and inertia. And then your, your psyche is getting kind of, pulled along in the right direction right. because you're like, like you said, all right, let's, we, we just have to go do this. Well, and that's it. You know, just like I said, you know, it, it does, it's hard on your self-confidence when you lose a position that you felt like you had locked, locked down, you know? Yeah. Um, so the longer you sit, the l- more of that self-confidence kind of oh, goes yeah. down. Yeah. So you don't want to take time to just, Again, it, the the longer you sit, take time to feel it. But the longer you sit, the less self confidence you have. Yeah, I mean, it, it might sound simplistic, but it's like you know, marinating a steak. Like the longer you just sit there marinating in your pity, yeah, the more and more of it you just absorb, and it doesn't really rectify it. So, right. No. Um, now, sometimes, you know, you are the one person. Like, hey, for any number of reasons, you are getting let go. Um, I was doing some consulting for a major telecom company, and I'll leave it at that. And I was in there uh, Tuesday through Friday uh, to do what I to do what I was going to do. Well, Friday at two o'clock, every phone in every cubicle rang once, and then I guess went to voicemail. And you heard everybody's Microsoft Outlook at the same time go bing, 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 bing. bing. Uh, this company had sent out at the exact time to a bunch of people, thank you for your service. You are no longer required uh, to work here. That was the way that, and again, like like uh, like the old Office Space movie, well, we found it better to always fire people on Friday. There's less drama, right? Yeah. Um, so that was a case where, I mean, really out of the blue, like a bunch of people right. all got their, their proverbial pink slip. And they were handed, you know, severance and things like that. You sure. Know? But... But that was like a collective shock. Yeah. And so they didn't, I mean, they could commiserate with other people, but suddenly a whole bunch of the same people doing the same stuff in the same market are suddenly looking for the same jobs. And right. that can really create. <laughs> yeah. And the more prepared hurdles. you are. Yes. You know, yes. that's doing that. So that brings me to the next point of, you know, if you're getting severance, you know, that can be great, but you do want to look over your severance agreement. And it's not a bad idea to have an attorney review it, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're in a really specific type of industry where there may be non-competes, non mm-hmm. and yeah. you know non-solicitations, non you know you want to make sure that you are actually free to go mm-hmm. to the companies you know that you may want to, or whether you've got to kind of change or switch what you're doing or negotiate in yeah. that severance. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and you know, sometimes when people receive that, we talked about the immediate shock and you're going to need some time to absorb that. But some people think, okay, well they gave me, I'm going to make it up 10 weeks of severance. Right. Oh good. I've got, I've got two and a half months off. Well, uh, I wouldn't wait. No, two and a half Don't months wait and two then and start months looking to start. <laughs> instead. Um, give yourself that time. You know, that a severance is sure. a great way to give yourself a little bit of time on the front end to just uh, decompress, catch your breath. Um, but, but I would treat that severance pay almost like you paying yourself to go get that next right, job. Right. Go get that next job. That's going to give you severance three years from now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, you know, hopefully you get something sooner and then, you know, you make a little bit of double, <laughs> right. but, you know, but which would yeah, be nice too. to then, you know, but, um, it, most times jobs take a little bit longer to get. So that severance is what is giving you time to land on your feet. But you also do want to go ahead, um, you know, you may need to go down and file for unemployment things like that, you know, get that ball rolling also. Hopefully you don't end up needing it, mm-hmm. um, but you want to have that rolling because sometimes unemployment for it to start takes a little while before it actually hits yeah. accounts and things like that. So um, especially if your skill is very specific, you know, and you have to find somebody sure. who has an opening for that particular skill. And yeah, and that, that's another, that's a great point because um, let's, let's say that you are an underwater welder. Okay. That is an exceptionally explicit skill right. that pays well, but you're, so that's probably the thing that you can most monetize in the workplace. Cause not a lot of people can go down to the murky waters of the Ohio river and weld Right on a train track trestle, right? Um, but in other cases, I would I would challenge you if you have been in the workforce for a while, you you probably started out getting paid for what you did, whatever that the tasks of your job were. Mm-hmm. But if you've been working for a while, you have probably grown in the roles, even if the title of your last three or four jobs looked similar. You've probably built some essential so-called soft skills such that you you might have a much wider marketable value than maybe you even realize and so like you talked about you know having an attorney look over a severance package having a professional resume writer look over your curriculum vitae or what have you um Finding some trusted advocates that can help you maybe step back and objectively assess, okay, what 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 abilities and skills do I actually have right. that might be valued in different industries, different sectors, different companies? Because you're probably more valuable across a wider spectrum than the specific resume experiences that you've accumulated. Yeah. You know, I see people every now and then, and I you know, you can assess the reasons, but people put on social media, describe me in, you know, three words or whatever. That is something that it can actually be really helpful um, if people will be honest Mm -hmm. in it. But as you start, especially if you're looking Mm -hmm. for a job, you know, so if you're, you know, people that know you, 
and say, you know, describe describe me, say something, you know, that when you think of me, this is what you think of. You may find some things that you had no idea that other people see yeah. in you. Right, you know? right, right. And, and when somebody said, you're, you're like, what, really? What? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I did that, you know. But, you know, people, different people see you in different lights. Mm-hmm. And you have to be prepared to take the, the negative and the That's positive right. yeah. with that. But, um, you know, if, if everybody says, oh, hard worker, this, 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 and then somebody says, you know, you're a lazy bum, you know, you may have a personality conflict with that person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that that is, or maybe they saw you on the one day you decided to take off and yeah. that's so right. for whatever reason <laughs> that's in their memory. You yeah. know, there can be those one-off things that don't fit with your yeah. normal thing. Well, sure, yeah. We, I, none of us want to be judged uh, by our worst day. And unfortunately, in a uh, smartphone camera yeah. social media world that's becoming more and more of a thing right like oh well you know you, you've been mother Teresa for the last 20 years but I found this 10 second clip of you in college so we're going to cancel right. you you know you're done <laughs> well it's kind of like I mean you know you can see the pictures that get posted and you know all day you've been smiling and whatever you know and somebody got you when you're like yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so that's the one that's in everybody's memory now. So <laughs> yeah, and then you know, like you mentioned about these, um, you know, attributes. Uh, keep in mind that things that are important can come off like boilerplate. Like if if you try to tell people, well, I've got integrity and I've got a strong work ethic. Well, very few people would tell you that they lack integrity right. or I'm very lazy. So when you're having those conversations with people that know you pretty well and you're asking them to help you see from the outside looking in, it, what are some attributes I have that are somewhat uncommon? It may sound somewhat generic, but it's getting a little more specific when they tell you, for example, you are really good at taking the initiative in situations that are exceedingly ambiguous. When, when everybody else is paralyzed because of like the lack of clarity, you're really good at getting things started. Something like that may not mean much to some people, mm-hmm. but there's somebody out there that owns a company that goes, holy crap. Yeah. I need, I need 10 people like that. Right. Right. Because the complexity and dynamic of our industry, it causes a lot of the, you know, the analytical people on our team to like kind of shut down. Yeah. I need somebody that with limited guidance can just get things going. Yeah. So, you know, really help, have people help you figure out what are those intangibles that are kind of hard to capture on a resume bullet, but sure. but actually do have value because that might be the gateway to that next job that pays you twice as much. That's right. So, you know, I personally can, you know, very happily, you know, announce, even though I'm not saying the company names, um, that while I would have never left my former company, being as visible as I was and then staying as visible, you know, I am taking on a role that is much larger than where I came from, Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, there will be a lot more income, a lot more responsibility. Um, But, you know, those things definitely worked for me. So if, you know, if you're in that position, especially LinkedIn, but Facebook also, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
again, just posting things, showing you still out there, you know, posting knowledge about your work and things like that are going to help you stay visible to the hiring managers. Yep. And so, you know, if you do anything else, I would say that's one of the most important. Yeah. And um, networking, again, you're going to want to go through the, the basic things, you know, filing your unemployment, feeling it. But the two biggest things I can say is networking and being visible on yeah. social media. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, on the front end, um, you've probably maybe not been let go recently from a job that got caught off guard. Maybe you got passed over for the job, you know, you thought. And and what I would tell people is, um, you know, each of us has our own experiences. um, But by not throwing yourself too long of a pity party, Mm -hmm. and just like you're saying, all right, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, let me keep moving forward. Uh, If nothing else on faith, and then eventually my emotions and everything else will catch up. Uh, Earlier in my career, I was passed over for an entry-level position by an organization that uh, 15 years later I was asked to lead. Yeah. So you, you never know. That's right. <laughs> you just never know. And, and what I chose not to do was at least openly voice my disgust. Yeah. I wasn't happy with it, but I kept that to myself. I didn't, I didn't run around town, you know, bad-mouthing uh, the organization that, you know, again, years later would – Ask me to lead the entire sure. <laughs> operation. Well, and that's the last thing you do is burn a bridge, right? <laughs> absolutely, that is really important because you know there's a lot of competition in my industry. I could, and I've seen some people who are like, mm, "Nope, your competition want nothing to do with yeah. you." You know, um, doing that in a day and age where you know your job situation is always fluid. Um, you do not ever know who you're going to end up working for um, <laughs> that it is in the industry yes. or who you may are working with or yeah. that you need to hire. Yeah. Um, all of those things. So it's important to, you know, you don't have to buddy up with your competition, but it's important to stay professional. Yeah. And, you again you want them seeing you as somebody to be again let's be the leaders that people want to follow right um so be be that person either that they want to be or wish they had someone like you so that when that time comes you know that you do need something they they're ready and waiting in the wings and ready to grab you up well said All right, Stephanie, great thoughts. Yeah, well, thank you guys for being with us today. Um, Hope that this gave you some good information. If so, we would love for you to share it. And also follow us on Spotify, Audible, and Apple Podcasts. We're also on YouTube. We'd appreciate any followings and um, would love to hear your thoughts. Also, if you have ideas that you would like, um, feel free to send us those. And we appreciate you being here again. Have a great rest of your day. See you next Tuesday.